Do you think my voice is sexy? I do. do you, does my voice sound affected by my cold? Does my voice sound No, I can tell you're kind of a little bit like uh, you have a blocked nose maybe, but like you <laughs> That's don't... That's not hot though, to have a blocked nose. It's not not hot. I mean, it's good to know that it's blocked <laughs> and it's not going to like maybe release things onto me. Oh, I was releasing things earlier today. Like I said something to a student and like I was getting impassioned and like just some snot just like oh, flew out of my yeah. nose. And luckily I had like my scarf around my face all day and I I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> behind oh, so gross. Uh, yeah, and it's not even like a cold thing with me. I, I my voice is just blown. Just from talking so much all weekend. It wasn't. I don't even feel like I talked that much. But I think there was just a number of occasions where I was talking in a loud place. Right, 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 right. Uh, and I woke up this morning with like. What's the dangly thing at the back of your throat? I always I used to think that was the tonsils when I was a kid. And right. Then, no, I thought that for a while too. The uvula, I think. Is a uvula? Because it sounds kind of like vulva. That's yeah, how you remember the vulva it. Vulva at the back of your throat. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like very swollen this morning when oh, I woke shit. up. Oh shit! I have a feeling I could have been snoring all night. You caught a good glimpse of it. See, I love looking. No, at I couldn't see it. I felt it. Felt it. So <gasps> when it's that swollen, sometimes. Would you let me look at it later? I mean, sure, you creep. Uh, <laughs> but, like, when it's that swollen and I wake up in the mornings, I it's stuck to the roof of my mouth. Shut up. And I can't get it to, like, fall back down because it's so swollen. It won't get past my tongue to, like, like lie down at the back of I my throat. I need to see this. Oh, damn, yeah, that's a real, it's got a bulbous thing on it. And your tonsils are a little swollen as well, baby. And I can even tell without without um, without a flashlight that it's red back there. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the the, the thing is, this isn't as swollen as it was this morning because it's hanging down right now. This morning it wouldn't hang down because it was so swollen. It was attached to the roof of your mouth. Yeah. And so does that never happen to you? Is I've that, never, no, I've never really felt my uvula. Oh man, it's, it's a weird feeling. I feel my tonsils, I don't feel my uvula. It's a weird feeling to feel that thing dangling in the back of your throat. But like, yeah, I sometimes think that that happens to me when I've been snoring at a certain angle in my mouth. Okay. And so it just kind of gets like swollen from like the Jeez. snoring or whatever. Because I sleep, for those who don't know... Um, I sleep with my mouth open because I have bad sinuses and yeah. so I can't really uh, breathe clearly through my nostrils. So I've always kind of like, I'm a mouth breather to, to put a long story short. Yeah. But um, yeah, so uh, I, I reckon that's what it was. So yeah, it's it's a weird thing. But I anyway. I wish I could have seen that. Next time that happens, I'll let you know. holla at me? I will, I will. <laughs> You're such a creep. You know I love stuff I know. like that. <laughs> I really missed out. Yeah, well, the reason why, uh, for those who don't know, Darcy missed out on it is oh. because uh, we're just back from Stoppable. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just back. I'm just, I'm literally home like two hours or something yeah. like that. Uh, Darcy had to leave earlier because you had yeah. work today. Right. So you had to leave a day before me. Yeah. Yeah, which was sad. It was sad. Yeah. Uh, and everyone was wondering where you were on Sunday. Oh, did everyone miss me? Yeah, and there was a couple of people who didn't get a chance to re-meet you or Aww. chat to you. Uh, like my friend Will, um, uh, you didn't get to really meet him. Um, but uh, Will, uh, who uh, people may know who closely follow my exploits, I did a podcast with, uh, I, I, I guess it on his podcast, where he was like DMing a game of Call of Cthulhu. Oh. Um, I think he goes by Wretched Beast uh, okay. now, um, but 
which, you know, as you do. Uh, <laughs> Wait, he, like, goes by that, like, in life? Well, like, I think on the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, were you like, hey, Wretched Bees? Yeah, no, I still call him Will. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, we we went for dinner on Sunday. Oh. Uh, and we kind of, like, chatted and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, he was, like, like uh, lamenting the, the missing of, oh. of you. Well, like, that's all. I ha- I'll have to go again next year. And, you know, I'll be in a more stable place where I'll be able to take a day off from the job I'll hopefully have then. Well, I mean, like, honestly, if I go next year, I'm going for one day. I'm not going for what? the weekend. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because fuck it, like, I mean, okay, so for those, uh, I'll f- again, we're filling people in a little bit here. So um, I, for those who don't know, Thought Bubble is a comic convention. Um, one of the biggest ones in Europe, I would say. Um, very, very large events. Big comic book creators all come in from around the world and a huge small press presence. And this is my second year tabling on it, my third year uh, attending it. But this is also, uh, for now, the last time that uh, I'll be trying to break in as a comic book writer uh, while it's on. Um, because, like, you know, I was kind of, in my, if you listen to the last podcast, you'll know that I was humming and hawing about what to do with my comic book career. Uh, quote unquote, um, as from here on in, because I'd kind of hit an impasse, and uh, I kind of came to a strong conclusion after this weekend that like you know what I'm just gonna step away from it, um, and if an opportunity arises where I can write something again, great. If someone asks me to write something, I will do it, no doubt. Um, but I can't make something off my own steam for the foreseeable future. Okay, so I, I get that you're definitely not tabling next year, but would you try to redeem yourself and do another pitch for... Well, what that's, is it, 3080? 2080. 2080. So, like, yeah, if I was going, it would be one day to do that. Okay, and well, like, it. one day and one night? Or, like, one day, like, fly in in the morning, leave that night? I might fly in the night before... So that I'm, like, up early in the morning and to, to do it and then fly back that night, yeah. But, yo, I would want to come with you because, like, I really liked Leeds. Like, I was having a good time. Like, I, it was just fun for me to be walking around this, like, English town. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a decent enough place. It's a bit of a party town. So, like, it's, like, got a lot of good food and places to drink yeah. and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I would do that and then that's it. Um, but, uh, well, I'm coming and I'll meet the Wretched Beast then. Okay, good. Um, so speaking of that 2080 thing, um, for those who don't know, I'm, I feel like I've said that like five times in this podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, I am on a podcast so I have to talk to the listener. Dear listener, if you are not aware... Uh, the Thousand AD is a uh, fortnightly uh, comic book anthology where they tell like sci-fi kind of stories with like you know unusual premises and stuff like that, and they've done so for decades, and they're like one of the biggest kind of you know comic things in the UK and Ireland, and a lot of people have gotten their start there who have gone on to be very big. Um, and they do this competition every year at Thought Bubble where you get two minutes and it's first come, first serve. Uh, but they do a panel for an hour and uh, for two minutes you get to pitch uh, what they call a future shock story. And future shock stories are four page stories that have a real twist and a twist ending. They're, they're, they're kind of like, that's where the future shock comes from. Uh, it's like a Yeah, it's like, oh shit, didn't see that coming. Like that's a Twilight Zone type of situation very, in the comic. Yeah, very okay. much so. 
Um, and so they do an open submission thing and people can come in and pitch their thing and then at the end of the panel they decide someone gets to make their comic and they hire them. And I have a question about this. Yes. Um, so they hire them, and then do they also hire the artist for them? Or, like, say... They'll get an artist for you. Okay, so they'll take care of all that stuff. You're yes. just coming in, and you're writing the damn thing. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, which is a very rare opportunity in comics. Yeah. To, to just come in just as a writer, not as it's part It's really team. cool that they offer that to It's people. very cool. I think it's very cool. And I had done... I had queued up to do it two years ago. And uh, they got to about 12 people uh, on the day, and I was number 15 in line. So I missed out on getting a chance to do it. And I was very prepared, but I also knew at the same time that my pitch wasn't uh, amazing. Like, the, the story that I had in mind... You know, there was a very high chance that it wasn't going to win, but I was, okay. I was into, I was into doing it anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, and I was very prepared and very confident, and I saw a bunch of people pitch who were very nervous and not very good in some cases, right. and I was like, oh man, at the very least, I'm gonna blow them out of the water just for being a good, like, you know, uh, stage person. Right. Uh, but this year was the opposite. This year, <laughs> the night before, on Friday night, I decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do this. I didn't have a story in my back pocket, so I decided to take a story that I had developed for like a long comic series and say, like, well, that has a twist to it. I'll just yeah. try and condense that twist into like four pages. Right. And I thought I could do that. And I think if I had the time to sit down and write it out, I could do that. I'm sure you could. Uh, but I gave myself, like, the, the hour queuing up for the panel to try and write these notes in my oh notebook. Oh, my God. I just, like, you are so... And, like, I really admire this about you, but, like, you are so confident with things like that. Like, I can't imagine having to do, like... Even having to teach a class and, like, an hour beforehand not knowing what I was doing. Like... Yeah, there's positives and negatives to that, though, because I was also <laughs> overconfident, and I was too confident for that situation because I should not have been that confident. So I was ended up being, like, 10th in line, so I was like, okay, I should definitely, definitely get a chance to pitch. Yeah. But I'll be towards the end. Yeah. And that can be a good thing because I can also see how people do, and right. that gives me confidence when see people aren't great. Right. <laughs> um, and my friend Gary, he was second to go up and pitch, and he, he's like, you know, he does law and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he gave a very confident and, and, and to the point, like, pitch. And he, he gave a very, he presented it like a TED Talk. It was very good. Good for Gary. But they weren't sold on a story idea. Oh, okay. So I felt for him, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, because he gave it a good go. And you so know? did they, like, they critique you right there? Oh, yeah, there and there. Yeah, they and are they harsh? Like They're not harsh. No, they're very, because they know it's hard to do. Because okay. two of the judges were actually previous winners. So, right. Like, so they write for 2018 now, which is... Is a great sign that it's actually a worthwhile endeavor that they write regularly for 2018. So, like, what what kind of critiques would they give people if they weren't crazy about their story? Like, they what? they would try and say like, you know, I don't know if the pitch was, uh, or not the, if I don't know if the twist was strong enough. Okay. Or they'll say enough. like, you know, or we kind of started the story too early in the idea of the story. Like, you know, we had too much of a build up. Okay. To get to it, so you should have started later on in the story. Oh, okay. These were common things that a lot of people were getting told, you okay. know. Um, or like maybe like you know, oh, this has kind of been done a little bit before, okay. so you know that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, whereas <laughs> when I rocked up, <laughs> and uh, were you confident when you were rocking up, like walking up to the stage? How did you feel? I would have never been that nervous. But it only came. It only came on like. 
I, when did the nerves finally set in? About like five pitches in. Okay. Because there was like one or two decent ones, and normally that doesn't scare me because I'm always so confident that I'm so great. <laughs> right. But I did kind of like, while trying to write down this pitch, I was actually struggling to uh, feel confident in it, mm. in what I was writing. And then also as well, hearing their notes and seeing that some of their notes applied to what I was writing. Okay. And I was like, shit, do I change this? And like, you know, how can I fix this now? And it was got, I started to panic a little bit. Yeah. Oh, and that panic, really. yeah, that panic created those nerves. I and it's very that. rare for me. Yeah. I don't, I not really don't know that feeling oh, very often. Oh God, when I used to have to do improv, that's how I would feel. Oh, and you're in college, like, yeah, yeah okay. Uh, well, that's the funny thing, I guess, improv never made me feel that way. Yeah. So I was surprised to feel it now. Um, but yeah, I got up and I started to try and like do my, I did my shtick where I tried to make a few jokes <laughs> and like win the crowd over. But, like, and I what got, kind of joke, like, were you making jokes that applied to your pitch or like jokes? Oh yeah. Or, like, and like, you know, also like he says like, what's your name? And this is like Aaron Fever. And he's like, that's a very good name. And I'm like, no, I made it up myself. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, like. I'm so sad I missed yo, it. Yo, baby, you would have such a laugh. <laughs> And also as well, the stupid thing is, is when you you're call you you jump up to run up on stage, and I always hated it when I saw people doing the pitch taking forever to walk up. Oh yeah. Because I'm like, you're killing other people's time. Yeah, that would bother me. So too. I got up and I ran over. Good for you. And I took the mic and said like, and then people laughed, and I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I don't want to don't kill anybody's time. But then as I ran over, I realized I forgot to take off my uh, quote-unquote fanny pack. Oh! We had all my change in it from the table. Oh, you're so And cute. it just jingled as I walked, <laughs> ran over, which is a very funny sight. And everybody laughed. And I know, so, and then, like, in my pitch, I was like, you know, and then there's this other crew member who's, like, a John Boyega type. And, like, and I just turned to the audience and said, because, you know, he's handsome. And then everyone got a good laugh. <laughs> And I was like, you know, because like my plan was to make my charm kind of like win this all over. And I had plenty of charm, but I had no substance. Uh, and like Paul said it to me afterwards, he says like, I saw you like writing part of your pitch as you ran onto stage. Like, you know, I was just like, yeah, I was not, I was not prepared for this. But like, as I was explaining it to the judges, I could see the looks in their eyes of like confused... <laughs> Like, what is he talking about? So like, how did you muck it up? Like, what did you... I basically... I tried to, like, give... Ra- what I should have done was just actually say very, like, calm... Like, very kind of generally talk about the idea of the pitch. Yeah. I should have said, like, it's a story about, you know, these things happening. Mm-hmm. And I that would have been a better way to do it in hindsight. Okay. What I tried to do, which is a very common thing, everyone was kind of doing it, because okay. I, I think it was a, a beneficial to do this in previous years, okay. to show that you can pace it correctly and write it correctly. Mm. They kind of give a breakdown of each page. Okay. So, like, page one, this happens. Page two, this happens. Wait, you're saying this is a good thing to do? Yes, because they can tell that you know how to pace the story. Right. And that you know how to lay it out and stuff like that. Right. And I tried to do that without having actually written it. Mm -hmm. And that was problematic because, like, I was a mess trying to, like... (laughs) And then I think on this page, like, we do this, but, like, don't forget, like, previously, like, this happened. Uh, but I know I didn't say that it happened but like yeah, it did yeah, yeah. and so like that that's by, by the time I got to the end of the four pages they looked at me as like I was like genuinely I'm, I'm not too sure what this is about 
uh, I know. And I said like, and I said like, yeah, I can kind of tell I didn't really explain it. And then I just, and I said like in one sentence, like, it's about this. And they were like, oh, okay. Like, we get that. But like, that's not what you pitched. Oh, baby. I'm so sad I missed it. I know. And I said, and I just said like, yeah, a bit of a nervy pitch. And then I walked off stage. Uh, so I just had to laugh. Yeah, was, I mean, every time I see you tell the story, like I you're just smiling ear to ear, you're like <laughs> grinning. And I bet you had a good time up there pitching too. You know? No, I didn't. No, no. no. But I, I recognized that like this wasn't going well. So like that's not a nice feeling. But at the same time, I knew the, exactly why it wasn't going well. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't because like I'm terrible. It's right. because like you were prepared. I, I was. I was not prepared for this yeah. at all. Like I did not do this things oh, I was supposed to do. Oh, but you must have been so cute with your black sweatshirt and your red fanny. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was pretty funny. So like I got laughs and stuff and like it was yeah. I don't know. I've enjoyed telling people the story of it because I honestly for like an hour or two after the pitch I was just laughing to myself <laughs> about what a fucking disaster that was. Uh, and so I went, I went up to Laura Bailey, who's uh, the winner of last year's competition and has been working with them since. Um, I She was tabling across the way from me at the oh. convention. So uh, I think at the end of the day, I went over to her table and I said like, hey, like, I am sorry for earlier on <laughs> and that embarrassment of a fucking pitch. And she, she, like, she was genuinely like, no, no, it's okay, like, listen, are you, like, trying to get into comics, or, like, what? And I had to be like, no, like, my table's over there, I've got a bunch of fucking comics that I've written. Uh, and she was just like, oh, okay, like, it's like, yeah, no, it's not that I'm a f- I don't know how to fucking write a story, it's, like, because I think she was going to pitch to me, like, you know, like, well, you should maybe take classes into, like, yeah. story writing and stuff like right, that, it's like, right. no, it's just like, I just was not fucking ready for this pitch, so yeah. she gave me, she gave me some sweet, very sweet advice and uh yeah it was good but i found out later on because dervla um and claire uh friends of mine um uh they uh got chatting to her at one point at the bar and apparently i should have gotten to chat to this girl more she has a crazy life she used to be a professional wrestler oh my god and now she's like a private detective what yeah and she writes comics Shit. I'm like, who is this person? Wait, wait, was she right across from you? Like, right She's across over the, the corner. Aisle? Oh, okay. She's over okay. the corner, yeah. So, uh, I just thought, like, that's like that's nuts. Like, I should, if I had known about this, like, I would have talked talk oh to her more. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so she seems like a real character. But, uh, yeah, she was really cool about giving me advice and stuff. So, that was nice. Um, and that was probably, like, that, funny enough, like, that pitch was probably the highlight of my weekend. <laughs> it was just such a fucking silly weekend. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was it was amuses me greatly. Um, so, uh, baby, you you told me earlier on that you had a thing that you wanted to talk about. I do. Uh, so, what is the thing that you want to talk about? It's what a secret think, to me, by the way. What oh. do you think about this? I'm holding up a Cosmopolitan with Tess Holiday on the cover. Okay, and I will try and find this cover to post on the uh, yes. podcast page. Yeah. For reference, because if you're, you're we're talking about a picture, we need a little listener yeah. to see this. Yeah, so, okay. so it's the Cosmopolitan. What is this? A UK Cosmopolitan? I mean, it's not an American Cosmopolitan. It's like a yeah. UK Cosmopolitan. Yeah, UK. Cosmopolitan with Tess Holiday on the cover. Okay. How do you feel? Uh, I mean, 
I don't feel a lot about it. Okay. Like, I don't feel positive or negative. It's like it's a cover of a magazine, you know? I don't really know who Tess Holiday is, but you told me she's like a, a super plus-size model or something. Yeah, like she's a plus-size model. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I don't feel either way about it. Because there's been a lot of discussion, and I won't name names, but I actually have two friends, like two to female female girl women friends right. uh, who I think are great people okay. who are like feminists who are like sound about like most issues I would totally agree with them on you know yeah. like even activists like really good people yeah. and like I'm interested to find out after the podcast what their names are okay yeah. yeah like their hearts I just don't, don't want to say them because I don't want to like you know call them out or anything like their hearts are in the right place and, and everything but they see stuff like this as they would use the same term that actually Pierce Morgan used uh, on his show recently talking about this very cover okay the idea that it's quote unquote promoting obesity Oh, well, that's a load of bollocks. Isn't it, though? It's not like saying, like, here's ten ways to get fat. Right. It's not like an article where you're like, oh, well, like, you know, you need this is the new look that you need to have this fall. Right. And it's like, like we're bombarded constantly with stuff telling us, like, to be thin. And once there's, once there's a fat woman on the cover of Cosmopolitan, and yeah. that's suddenly supposed to be, like, responsible for the increase in diabetes. Like, it's just absurd. Like, but Pierce Morgan was berating the editor on whatever his, what's his show? He has, like, a Oh, he's show. like, it's something like Good Morning kind of show in yeah. The UK. yeah so he was berating the editor of cosmopolitan of course like a couple he was. Of weeks ago saying that this was promoting obesity and there's an obesity crisis in the uk and it's so irresponsible of her to put a woman like this on the cover and not to like make a comment on how it's a really unhealthy lifestyle well like i mean here's the thing in general these a cover with any woman is problematic to a certain degree. Do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah, why? Because he's saying that because kind of technically he's admitting that all these skinny women on covers is promoting that ideal of women should look this way. Right. So he's basically like admitting that like, you know, models in general promote an unrealistic like you know uh body standard right and he's mad because he thinks that that same trick that same way of brainwashing women into like obeying the body standards yeah will work the same way with having a larger woman on the the, the cover right so he's basically admitting to the, the terrible form of sexism and 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 uh the the terrible mental health that like magazine covers can have with women on them promoting a certain beauty ideal but he's like right. he's saying that's okay as long as it's a skinny idea right right and i guess that's where his ignorance is like because he's right and he is right in recognizing that the, this kind of stuff that people see people do want to emulate but the error in his thinking is that okay you've seen six billion covers and six billion pictures with thin women yeah. and now you're going to see one with a fat woman and it's going to completely change you like that's yeah. where his thinking is er erroneous but so the girls that i was talking to about this kind of thing they were saying that they see like this that that women or people in general will see this and like use it as an excuse to be fat or say like it's okay like oh like you know beth ditto says she feels hot and curvy and like it's cool and like people are like but that is okay 
Like, no, if they're fat, they're fat. Any problems that they have is their own doing. Like, it's like, it's not as if they're hurting me. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So, like, it's okay if they're fat. Like, if, like, and if, like, if someone feels more comfortable about being fat because this one was on the cover, then fine. I mean, like, it's not a problem. See, but here's the thing. Like, with me, like, I agree with everything you just said, but when it comes to, like, like, I really get upset by people who who would do the opposite. Like, I really get upset by people who would obsess about looking like another cover girl, you but know? Like, but looking that's, like but me, other me and you have butted heads about that. Yeah. Because, like, I, you know, I guess have a lot of sympathy for those people because I think, in general, when the system is doing this to you, it's, it's the fault of the system, not you for being weak. Um... Where and I say me, you as in like the yeah, general yeah, yeah. person, but uh, you know you have your own history with this sort of stuff, and I think you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that clouds it a little bit because I think, I think you're maybe harsh on yourself about you know your own eating disorder history, and I think that has made you a little bit harsh on other people who kind of end up giving into it. No, no, but let me let me re-explain that. Like I'm upset by the damage. I don't I shouldn't have said it that way. I'm upset by the damage that super thin women on the covers of these magazines for year for decades has done. I'm upset by that damage. So Right. I'm I'm upset by the way that affects people's thinking. But I guess it's a different different thing you're you're upset that that you know skinny women are on these covers all the time right uh yeah but i guess in a in a in an alternative reality and trust me i am 100 percent not like devil's advocating this but like i'm just trying to show i guess in general if there was a reality where it was women who looked like tess holiday mm-hmm. on every cover mm-hmm that would also be a problem be a problem yeah and i think i think in general like she's in a swimsuit on this cover i think in general having women in swimsuits on the cover of magazines and talking about their looks is a problem yeah no matter what size they are yeah unfortunately yeah unfortunately that's true because like my visceral reaction to this is like i'm really excited and i'm really happy to see it but when you do dissect it and you look at that, like, she is a woman who is famous. I mean, yeah, sure, a little bit for her defiance and her rebellion in being a plus-size model. But, but she's, she's still famous, famous for the way beautiful. For the way she looks. She's yeah. famous for being very pretty and very fat and yeah. owning it. Like, that's she's famous fully for her, her face and her bulk. Not fully because, she, obviously, she's... I like her. I think she's a badass. I think she's defiant. I think she's, like broken a lot of barriers but her product is her face and her body like that's her product yeah that's what that's that's what she does yeah is look yeah you know and i think in general that's still not great now like it's helpful it's it's helpful and negative at the same time to have someone like her out there because it's helpful because people can start to see a body type similar to theirs and can feel a little bit better about themselves, like, Mm -hmm. to not have to be judged against somebody who looks so different to them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's still making them think about their looks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, in general, we should try and move away from that. Right. And I mean, like, this this magazine... And 
like Anthony a couple years ago, no, many years ago, probably like 10 years ago or more, told me like, stop buying these kinds of magazines. He was like, you're better than this. Like, you need to oh, stop. I agree. Yeah, and and I used to buy them, and I don't buy them that much. And you, you'll it's very notice, rarely you'll get them. And yeah, you'll notice that rare. when I buy them, it's because somebody that I like is on the cover. Like if Amy Or Moore, someone you intensely hate is on the cover. I have never bought one with Jennifer Lawrence or Natalie Portman on the cover. Or Emma Stone. No! Okay. I, I feel like I have a memory of that happening. No. Okay. I, no, no, no. Like, I buy Amy Schumer. I buy Mindy K. I buy Nicki Minaj. Right. I buy Tess Holiday. Okay. But still, this very magazine with Tess Holiday on the cover has like a workout in the middle about like how to get like Michelle Obama arms, you know? So it's just like, fuck off. Like, what are you at? Yeah. No, I, I agree. And like, it's, it's like, there's a magazine and work in the canteen. That's a good few months old. I actually threw it out the other day because I, I, I hated seeing it. Oh, it's God. it's a trashier magazine. Yeah. Like it's more of an okay, okay. or like yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, one yeah. than this one. I can't remember which exactly brand it was. But like every single like quote on the cover, like ad- advertising a story on the inside was about someone being too fat, too skinny, oh, or how they changed their body from one way to the other oh or how they got like plastic surgery and every single one of it was like there's not there's not a single story that they promote on this cover that isn't damaging to the psyche um and it sold to women like women actively yep. buy this yeah like i it's so fucked up to, and it's always been fucked up to me since i was like a teenager yeah that like women will choose to get something like this to to hurt themselves and it just goes to show how strong that fucking like system is and but, and, but there's there's i think there's more to it than that it's really interesting like our culture is is obsessed with like is obsessed with making your body like your body is seen as some kind of virtue, as some kind of representation of yourself. And we have all these things available to ourselves now to, like, change our bodies. Plastic surgery, losing weight, like, and this and that. In more than one way, too, because, like, people yeah. talk about how slutty you are or how virginal you are yeah. and all that kind of stuff, too. So, like, yeah, your body is, is prioritized and, and commodified in a lot of different ways, yeah. not just how they look. And these kinds of magazines and stuff, like, I've been guilty of. I don't buy that anymore, but I've done it in the past. And there's a part of me that wants to buy them every time and stops myself, you know, like I have an addiction that I'm like recovering from because there is this sort of, with that kind of stuff, there's this sort of, um, cycle of anxiety and reassurance. And that's kind of the relationship I've always had with my body or with my looks, anxiety and then reassurance. And I think a lot of women would say that way, that they actually feel quite ambivalent. But I I wonder if it's a chicken or the egg situation. Like, do they feel that way because women kind of just naturally feel that way? Or do they feel that way because they've been conditioned to feel that way? Oh, yeah, no, no. See, no, I think that's that cycle in and of itself like anxiety and reassurance, I think that's something very natural and very human. I think the reason that it manifests in this way with women is more because of like cultural conditioning. But so, so we men just do it in different ways. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's worse. I mean, when it comes to the body, anyway, I think it's definitely worse for women. But yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right because we're we're still taught to to need that like reassurance, but like for for guys, it's like it's the competition and it's also 
you know, like, can I get with this girl and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And so. can I get with this girl who has the right body that will make me feel like the better man? And that's, I mean, and that's how sexual preferences, like, that's how sexual preference is controlled. Like, you know, you think that you have, you think you have choice over what you find beautiful, but you don't. Like, you were completely conditioned into, or not, maybe not 100%, but at least 50% conditioned to what you find beautiful. I like to think that uh, that worked out for me. Because <laughs> you move all. Oh, thank you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. And like, it's it's, it's all a head fuck, like in so many ways. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's but it's it's like you were saying when you're at Dragon Con, in that the sense of when you're at an event where outside influence is kind of gone because you know when you're at these sort of things, conventions, especially with Dragon Con, you're there for like four or five days. Yeah, you don't see TV. You don't see magazines. Mm-hmm. You just see all the people around you. Yeah. And in an event like that where there are so many different body sizes, mm-hmm. but people are on display because they are cosplaying, so they're they're actively, like, you know, sh- like, peacocking in a way. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, look at me. But you're seeing, and, like, people are garing, garnering attention for their amazing costumes. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be still about how they look, but it's not necessarily what their body is like. Yeah, and that was a really cool thing for me to see. Because before going to Dragon Con, I was a little bit scared that it was going to be... Like, that it was going to be some kind of, like, misogynistic, like, beauty pageant just Miss for America, geeks. Yeah, like, exactly. I thought that it was going to be that. I thought it was just going to be, like, really hot girls cosplaying and all guys trying to line up to take their pictures. And I was, like, afraid of seeing that. But that wasn't the case at all. And like you said, it was really more about people's creativity and their ideas and what yeah. and what they were dressing up as. Because they were still as. being judged to a certain degree. Yeah, but, but like, it was they weren't being judged on like how hot are you? You know, yeah. of course, maybe some creeps were, but mostly, oh, 100%. yeah, but mostly not. And and no. I got the sense that it was a space that like everybody was safe in and was welcomed in and yeah. was allowed to participate in like the yeah. whole cosplay thing like that's the thing because like I mean part of it is that there's no I guess there's not a lot of standardization when it comes to cosplay because there is no competition right no one's being told they're the best right so no one has to go like oh well I'm not good enough at me doing this because that person over there has been announced as the better one yeah so as long as like you have like like you had um someone come up to you and go oh my god i love your costume can i take a picture like that's it that's all you need right it's just like for one person to fucking enjoy what you're doing yeah and as long as you're enjoying it too that's great yeah like so there's you don't have you're there's no competition there of like oh well if i want to be as lauded as like that other person i have to get trimmer or i have yeah. to like you know whatever uh so yeah i like the cosplay community because of that it's very cool in that sense and i wasn't sure that it was gonna be like that so i was really like relieved and delighted to see how it actually was yeah and also also on your behalf me too yeah because like you know i i know that you have an interesting kind of cosplay Mm -hmm. but like it's a very burgeoning one like you're kind of very much dipping your toe into it right i knew that if you got into it you'd get super into it and that's the thing like i just like burgeoning good word like i just (laughs) like i just sometimes i write stuff (laughs) like i just dipped my toe into it this year but i'm like excited to like you know 
get more in there. Yeah, because I know you like playing. You like I know you love Halloween because you love getting the costumes I and stuff do. like that. So like, and I, I didn't can... even wear a wig this year. I know. Me not wearing a wig. I know. So. Yeah, we'll get into it next year. It's got, yeah, and I'm and I'm and I'm glad because I was worried because you know you you do hear bad stories about people's like you know experiences when they cosplay, but like everything else, those bad stories are a minority. Yeah. But those bad stories do make you worry. Yeah. Um. And uh, so I was worried that you might kind of see or experience something like over the weekend that like would kind of put you off as it was your first experience. Yeah. Not at all. I had like two people take my take a picture with me. I had like. Four people know who I was, yeah. and I was delighted. Yeah, because that's all you. Let's see, we weren't you weren't trying to get anything more. No, than that, which is a great. And thing. I got to wear a really cute tutu that my mom bought me like two years ago, and I haven't yeah. had an opportunity to wear it, so I was delighted. Yeah, good. Um, uh, so overall, Tess Holiday, Holiday on the cover of Cosmopolitan: Net Positive, Net Negative, or Net Neutral? I personally think. It's either net neutral mm-hmm. or like a point zero one positive. Okay. Because, you know, the positivity isn't that strong considering it's still a woman in like with a large cleavage showing in a swimsuit on a, on a cover of a magazine. No doubt, probably still a little bit photoshopped. Mm. You and, know? Yeah, and the, her face is like classically beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, like if you just like took her face... Yeah. I mean, she's she looks like a model, like right. do you know what I mean. Like she's she does. So yeah, uh, it's like it's funny though, cause like you know she has all the tattoos, and I know you don't don't like tattoos all that much. I do not like tattoos, and I feel bad when you say that, cause I have a lot of friends with tattoos. I, I don't. Know. I don't not like tattoos. You I just, just don't. You don't want ever to have them, and you really don't want me to ever have them. Pre. Precisely. Yeah, which I think is a dislike of tattoos, but all right. No, because I think some people, I think like she has some really beautiful ones. And her I Miss Piggy one, I think, is the best one. She has a Miss Piggy tattoo on her forearm. I think the Miss Piggy one's amazing, but I also like, I like a lot of the colors in her other ones. Like, yeah. I actually kind of like all They're of them. A little, the other ones, like, they just don't have the same sort of, I guess, like, detail. Because the Miss Piggy one is almost like a fucking photo. Like, it's very detailed. I think it's very well drawn, I guess. Is it is. It word. looks like a black and white photo. Wait, yeah. but can I explain, like, my not really no. dislike for tattoos? <laughs> no, I just want to say this because I have a lot of friends who have tattoos that are, yeah. that are nice and I like them. But there's something about, like, I don't, I don't dislike all tattoos. There's a kind of, like, basic bro, basic bitch way of getting a tattoo okay. that I don't like. That's what puts me off. The basic... It's not all tattoos. Cause some it's just people, like, you like, know... Like, I actually... Like, this look, it's not me, but, like, I think it's cool. I think it's attractive. I think it's artistic. Like, people with a lot of cool tattoos, that's one thing. But, like, the You don't basic, like when people get, like, the Chinese symbol for, like, hope. Exactly! <laughs> and it's like, I want to get a tattoo. Like, I don't know why, but, like, I, like, I really don't, like, want to get a tattoo. Like... Yeah. Well, I think I know of you, I know of your friends who have, who have done that, and exactly. like, but they regret it. Like, and that's least, like this that's, is like a dumb thing. That's like what has put me off tattoos. Right. Uh, so you won't mind when I get like the Chinese symbol for destiny. The Chinese symbol for Darcy. For Darcy, that'd be good. Tattooed or, on my chest. <laughs> or I heart Long Island girls. Or yeah, which I is heart, never gonna happen. I heart doo doo bombs. I heart doo doo bombs. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, so folks, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, hopefully, I know we promised you a Nalls episode and Britney episode, but, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It was a very brief and, and fun visit. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we can pull off our other promise of having an Anthony episode when he's here. So uh, keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, don't forget, forget to, to eat your bodies. What? <laughs> I was trying. I was gonna go say pudding, but then I was like, "You're saying breadies." <laughs> the fuck is that? I think it was. I think it was buddies. Buddies. All right, let's do that. Yeah, don't, don't forget, forget to, to eat, eat your buddies. buddies. That's a great way to sign out. <laughs>